We ought to know that God is working. We ought to be looking for the work of God. But what exactly is the work of God? It's something that we ought to be caused to be amazed and to wonder at, but what is the work that God is doing? Grace Baptist Church, thank you so much for this opportunity to be able to share with you what the Lord is doing through us here in Windsor. We are the Borman family, and my name is Jason Borman, my wife uh, Mandy, and our two kids, uh, Lottie and Wilson. And I uh, just want to thank uh, Pastor White for the opportunity to be able to uh, share a message with you to uh, your church, and uh, thank you for your desire uh, to be a part of gospel ministry and partnering with other churches and uh, missionaries. Uh, we are so grateful for that, and we have truly enjoyed uh, this opportunity in our lives during this time to be able to get to know other churches in Canada uh, and, and even in the States as well, and uh, be able to broaden uh, our fellowship with believers in that way and just see what God is doing in different places. And it's been an exciting time. It's been a growing time, and uh, we really have enjoyed uh, just walking and following out the Lord uh, in this journey and uh, being able to share that with you. And so thank you uh, again uh, for this uh, opportunity, and I'd like to share uh, just a brief message from Acts chapter 13 on what God is doing, seeking to do in our days in and through His church. And the passage that I've chosen here is Acts chapter 13, uh, and particularly the, the passage there of verses 38 through 41. And I'd like to speak to this topic of God's work in your days. I want you to notice this passage here, if you have your Bibles, to be able to follow along with me, Acts chapter 13, verse number 38. The scripture says here, Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, speaking of Jesus Christ, that through this man, is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins, and by him all that believe are justified from all things, from which he could not be justified by the law of Moses. Beware, therefore, lest that come upon you which is spoken of in the prophets. Behold, ye despisers, and wonder, and perish, for I work a work in your days, a work which ye shall nowise believe, though a man declare it unto you. I love this passage. It talks about one of those first missionary journeys of the Apostle Paul and his companions, his company, as they went out. They were sent out of the church in Antioch there in Syria, and as they traveled uh, to the west, they came to the region of Galatia, and one of those cities that they came to was another city called Antioch. Uh, this was Antioch in the region of Pisidia. And he came to this place, he entered into a synagogue of the Jews, and when he came in, there was the reading of the law and prophets, and an opportunity was given that Paul, as a guest coming into the synagogue, uh, was able to share uh, something from the Lord. And so he took that opportunity to draw to the attention of those that feared God and loved God there in that synagogue to hear the good news of the gospel, and he preaches them the gospel, that Christ has come, that prophecy has been fulfilled of what was spoken uh, by King David and by the prophets. It, it has come to pass in Jerusalem, and we are the witnesses of that, and we preach to you Jesus. And at the close of giving the gospel, as we read in this passage, he gives them a warning that they do not miss the hope 
of this message that has been delivered to them in this day. And the, the wonder of this story is a wonder that began in the Gentiles of the gospel coming to them. That after the, Jesus left uh, his disciples there in Jerusalem and they received the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, as the events of the book of Acts unfold, there's the wonder of God's working in the Gentiles beyond Jerusalem. And the believers in Jerusalem, they hear about those up in uh, the uh, northern regions of the Gentiles receiving Christ. And they send a Barnabas up there to check things out. And he finds out that, yes, these Gentiles, they have believed in the gospel and have received Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And there's a, a church that uh, is birthed there and begins to grow. And uh, the Apostle Paul eventually is sought out and brought there by Barnabas. And as they begin to work there, the, it's, it's a marvelous thing that the Lord is doing. The Lord is, is working in these groups of people. And what the Lord uh, begins to do, the Spirit works through that. And so this church, uh, there's a marvelous, wonderful thing that God is doing, something that they... Uh, as the Jews had never seen before. And what the Lord works in to his church is what the Spirit of God works through in order that the church may work out that work of God in them. And as a result of all of God's marvelous work in that church, the Apostle Paul, uh, Barnabas, and their company leave that church in Antioch and go out to preach the gospel to all the world. And they come to this place here in Antioch of Pisidia, and that's what we find them doing, preaching the gospel. It's a, a wonderful, marvelous thing uh, that God is working in churches today, and what he's working in us, the Spirit of God is working through and, and causing us to grow in that grace in order that we may work out what God has worked in. It's a marvelous and wonderful thing. I've grown up in church uh, as a young person. I have family that... Uh, has always been very dedicated uh, to the Lord and uh, be involved in the church, and I'm so thankful for that. And I can remember as a as a young person, as a as a boy sitting in church, and uh, a missionary that came from uh, South America, and I remember him challenging us as a church that we need laborers in South America. Would there perhaps be some here that would go and that would minister in that way? And I remember that being a challenge to me, and I thought maybe I would go. But then he followed up that invitation with this challenge, that don't come to South America if you're not first being a missionary where you are. And that was a challenge to me as a young person, that am I being a missionary even where God has placed me now? How can I be a missionary elsewhere if I'm not a missionary where I am now? I remember another missionary coming to our church uh, who are from the field of Moldova, and again, his message that challenged my heart that we need laborers to go out with the gospel. And that Holy Spirit pricked my heart that don't go out and seek to be a missionary in other countries if you can't be a missionary first in your own land, amongst your own people. I would later go off to Bible college and I would be challenged again by the preaching and, and the missionaries that would come through and, and share of their mission field. I remember one in particular from Uganda, Africa, and speaking about the people there that have such a desire to hear the word of God and there are just so many that are ready to believe and to be saved. 
but we don't have enough preachers, enough missionaries, enough laborers there in Uganda reaching the people of Uganda with the gospel. And I can remember God working in my heart, maybe I ought to go to Uganda. God's doing a work there. I want to be a part of what God's doing. But then that thought came to me again, how can I be a missionary in other places if I cannot first be a missionary in my own home? And oftentimes when we think about the work of God, we think about the work that God is doing other places. It's easier to look at the grass on the other side of the fence and think that God's doing a work there and he's doing a work there and maybe I can go there or go over here and I can help with God's work there. But God wants to do a work in the midst of us as well. He wants to do a work even today in our own lives. And sometimes we struggle and we miss the message and, and the work that God wants to do in us today, just like the warning was given out to these Jews that were in Antioch of Pisidia, that they had just received the gospel. And the Apostle Paul warns them that beware, was that spoken of you, uh, that was spoken of the prophet come upon you when the prophet said, ye despisers and wonder and perish, for I work a work in your days, a work which ye shall no wise believe. What a challenge to our hearts today that we would believe in the work of God that he is doing even in our own communities, in our own cities and towns here in Canada, that God is seeking to do a work if there be those that would believe that he is working. That we would believe that God's work in our days is happening and that I want to be involved in that work and that that work he is doing is primarily in and through his church that we are to be those laborers involved in his work. I'd like you to notice just three aspects of God's work in and through your local church. And I want to encourage you and challenge you to be involved in that work that God is looking to do in and through you as his own, as his body, as his church. I want you to notice firstly the wonder of God's work, that it is something to marvel at and be amazed at. I love this phrase in this passage here, when the prophecy is given here of the prophet that he says, Behold ye despisers, in verse 41, ye despisers and wonder and perish, for I work a work in your days. He warns them there's, there's a marvel and a thing that you are wondering about, that you're amazed by. Don't miss out that it's God that's working in those things. You know, there's so many things that we wonder about today that, captures our attention and that we marvel at. Uh, there's the area of uh, athletics and, and fine arts. Uh, we look at a picture and we marvel at the ability of someone to draw such a masterpiece as the Mona Lisa. We might uh, look at uh, the area of sports and we marvel how uh, a, an athlete can run those hundred meters in such a short amount of time and the ability to be able to do something like that. We watch a man get into a, a rocket and shoot off into space and spend a day in space and come back to Earth. We marvel at these uh, feats, these accomplishments of men here on Earth. There are many things that we have marveled at th these past couple of years. But if there's anything that ought to cause our eye to be caught and held and, and, and be captive about and to wonder and, and marvel about ought to be the work that God is doing. But sadly, too often, that is the thing that falls to the wayside and that we so soon lose 
I become disinterested in. But it's the work of God that ought to captivate us, that ought to uh, draw our attention to. Uh, the, uh, the wonder in this passage here, though, is not a wonder of a marvelous good thing that the Lord is doing, but rather it's a marvel of a, uh, of a difficult thing that is taking place. Uh, the prophecy that is given here, when he says, Beware, therefore, in verse 40, he is referring back to the work of, uh, of Habakkuk. Habakkuk uh, chapter 1, verse 5 and 6 says, Behold ye among the heathen, and regard, these, these are the words of the prophet, Behold ye among the heathen, and regard, and wonder marvelously. For I work a work in your days, which ye will not believe, though it be told you. For lo, this is the work the Lord would do in, in the time of Israel. I will raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. The work that people would wonder at and marvel at in the days of Israel before Christ was how God would raise up the Chaldean nation and that they would come and they would take Israel, take the inhabitants of Jerusalem away from their city because of the, the hardness of their hearts toward God, because of the loss of, of worship towards their creator, that they would be taken away from their possession. That was the marvelous thing that the Lord was doing, and they were oblivious to this, how there were false prophets that preached that Jerusalem would uh, remain, that they would be delivered from their enemies when God was sending them prophets like Isaiah and, and telling them that the city is going to be taken. Jeremiah would cry out to them that they would all be taken out of their land. Don't put your trust in these that say that the Lord is going to keep us here. No, the Lord was looking to take them away because their hearts had become hardened because they would not believe. And so God did a, a, a thing that they would wonder at, God removing his own chosen people from their land. But you know, the, the amazing thing about the wrath of God, that when he comes to bring judgment, that in the wrath of God, there is a wonder about his salvation in the midst of that. That when God comes to bring wrath, there's always a way to escape his judgment, to escape his wrath. He provides a way of salvation. This was true uh, not only in the days of Israel, but also in the days of Noah and the flood. Uh, the Apostle Peter spoke about this in Second Peter chapter uh, 3, verse 5. He says, For this they willingly are ignorant of, that the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in water, whereby the world was then was. And being overflowed with water, they perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. That just like in the days of Noah, there were men that uh, had a, a certain marvel as well as a mocking about the ark that Noah was building. But that ark that he built was God's way of salvation for all that would enter in through that door of the coming judgment and wrath of God upon a, a, a wicked people that had uh, allowed their hearts to move away from the Lord. That the, the marvel of the, a global flood that would destroy this world, the marvel of, uh, that is greater than that great catastrophe, 
is the marvel that God provided plans for an ark to be able to be built, that Noah and his family and any that would believe with Noah and his family could enter into and be saved from the wrath of God. Noah didn't deserve that deliverance. Noah was not a righteous man by his works, by his deeds. He had to have faith in God. And God, it says that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, that the Lord saved him. And so we have to have a belief that even in, in the marvels of the wrath of God, and we know if, if we believe in the things of the Bible, we know that there is a wrath of God that is coming even today, that the things that we see happening around us are working to a point of great tribulation and hardship coming, of, of the wrath of God being poured out upon the inhabitants of this earth who will not believe in the name of Jesus Christ. And today is the day for us to believe that there is a way to escape that wrath, that Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. He is that ark today. He is that one that we can enter into to escape the, the wonder and amazement of the great wrath of God that is going to be poured out upon uh, this world. And what's so amazing and marvelous uh, beyond that great wrath that will come is the way of salvation that has been given through Jesus Christ. Have you received that salvation? Have you entered into Jesus Christ to be forgiven of your sins and to receive that eternal life? That is the greatest wonder of all, that the perfect spotless Son of God would die for sinners who never sought him out, who never desired to know God, but God showed himself to us when he revealed himself through his Son and purchased our redemption when his Son died on the cross for us. Have you believed in Jesus Christ and received him, that wonderful, glorious way of salvation? Have you received that? Because there is the wonder of God's work that is before us and we ought to be aware of this we ought to know that god is working we ought to be looking for the work of god but what exactly is the work of god it's something that we ought to be caused to be amazed and to wonder at but what is the work that god is doing i want you to know it's not just the wonder of god's work of his way of salvation that is provided in the midst of his wrath and judgment but notice what the work of god is this is the Apostle Paul's first sermon that is preached, uh, that is recorded in the book of Acts for us. And, when, and this first message, it, again, and it encapsulates the gospel. In verse 38, he says, Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, he's speaking of Jesus Christ in the passage, he says, Through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. This is why Jesus was given. Know this truth that through this man is the forgiveness of sins. Not only this, but he says in verse 39, by him all that believe are justified from all things, from which he could not be justified by the law of Moses. Now the Jews, and even so many today, put their way of salvation in keeping the law and the commandments, in doing good works. And as long as my good works outweigh the bad, that I have a chance at being at heaven someday. God has not given us a, a hope-so salvation. He's given us a no-so salvation through Jesus Christ. That I know that I will be in heaven, not because I have entered into the membership of some church, not because I have stirred the baptism waters, not because I have uh, been good to my neighbors and good to those 
at my workplace. No, but because I have believed, I have placed my faith in Jesus Christ and his provision of salvation for me on the cross. That is how we may know. That those that believe on the name of the Son of God may know that they have eternal life. That they that have the Son have life, and they that have not the Son of God have not life. That is the work of God. That is the work that he is seeking to do even today, that we ought to have a wonder about and amazement about, that we as the church need to have a wonder and amazement about the cross of Christ, that we never lose that. The, uh, the great hymn, uh, How Great Thou Art, when it first came to America, one of the ones that caused it to be so well-known and one that many people would hear and uh, love to hear over and over again was George Beverly Shea, that in the, uh, the uh, revival campaigns and meetings of uh, Billy Graham, that uh, Beverly, George Beverly Shea would get up and he would sing that song, How Great Thou Art. And people in America were just learning of this song, and they would hear that song. And, and anywhere that they would go in their campaigns, they would ask this one request that George Beverly Shea would sing, How Great Thou Art. Sing those words of, O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder, and there is such a wonder about the work of God, that God, his Son not sparing, sent him to die. O sings Oh, then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. And George Beverly Shea's own testimony was that when that song was spreading through America and people were hearing those, those powerful words of the marvel of what God has created and his way of salvation, that he would sing that song over and over and over again until the 99th time singing that song in Madison Square Garden. He said afterward, he had to go and confess to the Lord that he had sung that song so many times that he no longer was singing it from his heart in worship to the Lord, but he was singing it just to sing the words, that his wonder and amazement had been lost in the wonder and amazement that those words spoke about. And we as believers, as, as the church, if you have believed in Christ, we must never lose that wonder in the work of God to provide a way of salvation in the understanding of his wrath that is coming, that he would seek to save those who do not deserve to be saved. That is the work of God. Jesus said this himself when the uh, disciples came to him and there were multitudes that followed him. Uh, there were those that uh, came to him in a mountain, uh, at least 5,000 that were there, and Jesus looked to feed them, and they only had one lad with Two small fishes and five barley loaves. And Jesus took those loaves of bread and those two fishes and he multiplied them. And the multitudes there today, that day saw a work of God that caused them to, to marvel and to be astonished. But they missed the one who performed the miracle. They missed the importance of who Jesus was and why he was there. And they would, after that miracle, John uh, chapter 6 talks about how they're trying to find him. This man that they had seen the wonder of the multiplying of the loaves uh, that, they, that Jesus had done. And when they come and they find him, they, they ask uh, of him to be 
their, uh, to be the one that they would be able to uh, see bring in the kingdom of God, that Israel might have the land again, and that they might uh, be a part in that kind of work that they knew God would someday seek to do. And Jesus responded to them to not labor for those things that perish, that their wonder and amazement of Jesus was what he could do for them physically in that moment. Jesus was trying to get them to see the labor and the importance of the work God is doing spiritually in lives. And he said in John chapter 6, verse 28, not to labor for, for the meat that perishes, but he says in verse 29, that then said they unto him, people speak to Jesus, what shall we do that we might work the works of God then? Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. Believe on him whom God has sent. That is the work of God. The work that we are striving to be involved in is not something for us to do, but it's for us to work in what Jesus has already done. He has already done the work of God, and it's in that work that has been finished on the cross that we labor in, that we are just witnesses of. And as we lift up the cross and as we preach the gospel and share it with our friends and family and our co-workers, it's Jesus that has already finished the work that works through that witness of sharing the gospel. And he receives all that glory then because he's the only one that can do that work of changing a life, of causing a, a spirit to be awakened, to realize the hope and salvation that is in Christ and to receive that gift of, his, of eternal life. That's a work of God that he does through our witness. And so in the wonder and amazement of the gospel that is provided for us uh, in the midst of great judgment that is coming, of all that will stand before Christ one day and be judged of the things that they have done in this life, that in the midst of all of that, there is a way of salvation. That's the wonder of God's work. That, that is the true thing that we ought to marvel in, and that is the thing that is the work of God, that he has done himself, and we are just merely witnesses of this, that we would compel men that they would enter into Jesus Christ just as Noah went about preaching the judgment that was coming and that if people would believe in the message of God and that they would enter into the ark with he and his family that when the judgment waters came and the earth would be flooded uh, entirely of water that they could be saved if they would enter into that door. Oh, it's the same opportunity that we have today, that Jesus is building his church, that we might say Jesus is building that ark, to use the picture of the ark. And all that we seek to do is to be preachers as Noah was, that people would come not into the church for salvation, but they would come into Jesus Christ for salvation. And so I want you to notice that the wonder of God's work is that he provides a way of salvation in the midst of his wrath. The, that the work of God is that it has already been finished on the cross through Jesus Christ. And so notice then the witness of God's work. The witness of God's work. That in this passage here, that when the prophet gave this warning, beware therefore, as it says in verse 40, lest that come upon you which is spoken of in the prophets, Behold, ye despisers, and wonder, and perish. For I work a work in your days. Oh, the Lord is doing a work. A work 
which ye will no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. The testimony of every man and woman, boy and girl, that has ever believed in the wonderful work of God to provide salvation in the midst of great judgment is that they have understood that whether men will receive my message or reject it, I must give it. That giving the message is not dependent on whether or not others will believe, but giving the message is given because I am commissioned of God to do so. Noah preached because God had sent him. We preach and we share the gospel message, not because uh, only that we hope men will believe. Yes, we pray to God that they would, and we labor uh, to, to that but the ultimate goal and passion that we have in sharing the gospel message is because as Jesus was sent of his Father, he has sent us. And because of the love of Christ that constrains us, that he lived for us, so we ought to live for him. Because he gave his life, we ought to give our lives for him. To walk in his ways, to be a witness of what he has done in our lives that as a man would declare it unto you, though they would not believe, yet there would be a man that would declare it still. And that is what has been given to us to be witnesses of what God has done in our lives through the cross, through the empty tomb of Jesus who conquered these things and purchased our eternal salvation. God has always worked despite of disbelief. That even the Apostle Paul, before he came to Antioch of Pisidia, he came to uh, an island where he preached the gospel. And there was a sorcerer there who strongly resisted him and sought to turn away the, uh, the one who was uh, chief of the island there, oversaw the affairs of the island. He sought to keep him from hearing the gospel message. But despite this man's efforts to turn others away from Christ, Apostle Paul had great opportunity to blind the man. And because of uh, the, uh, the uh, chief of the, of the island there seeing this power that is in the name of Jesus, he believed because of a man of disbelief who sought to hinder the gospel. God uses disbelief in others as an opportunity to prove the power that is in Jesus Christ. We think of the cross a time of great disbelief among the religious leaders of Jerusalem. It was because of their disbelief that Jesus was given into the hands of Pilate to be crucified. It was because of the disbelief of one of Jesus' own 12 disciples, Judas, that Jesus was betrayed into the hands of sinners, betrayed into the hands of those Pharisees, that they might have opportunity to put Jesus to death. And in that moment of great disbelief and evil that came because of that disbelief, we might think that, oh, the work of God is hindered, that the work of God is, is stopped. And yet because of the hardness of the hearts of the religious leaders of Jesus' day, the greatest work and marvel of all history took place when Jesus was nailed to a cross for the sins of the world. We are witnesses of these things. Let us not stop 
to share that message just because we may live in a nation and in a time when people may not want to hear its truths. We ought to be wise. We ought to be harmless. We ought to be filled with love, but we ought to be giving out that truth even when men will not believe because of our wonder of the work of God that he would send his only son to those who do not deserve salvation, who deserve an eternity in a hell and a lake that burns with fire. Yet he rescued us, that we might be witnesses of these things. This, this is our hope in coming here to Windsor and laboring uh, in the harvest field. Oh, how we pray and we work uh, to that point of being able to see souls saved. And we praise God for having already been able to see that and to see God work in hearts and lives. But it's not just merely to this point that we labor and work. It's because God has done something in our own lives. He has already finished the work. We're not looking to do something new here. We, we have trust and hope in the work that is finished already. And we are just seeking to be witnesses of that. Witnesses of that in the lives of the people here in Windsor, in, in Essex County, in southern Ontario. We just want to be witnesses of that, to share with others our personal testimony of how Jesus has saved us from the wrath that is to come through that way of salvation in Jesus Christ. That's our hope, and there's great victory in that. Whether or not men will believe that we pray all men would, yet our hope is that we labor in the Lord, and that labor is not in vain. And so we can be steadfast, we can be unmovable in that work till Christ would come. Would you be faithful to labor in that work today? Would you be a faithful witness for the Lord Jesus Christ in your city, in your community, in your family, at your place of work, that others would know that you have a wonder and amazement of God, who is the creator of heaven and earth, and that we believe in the work of God, that he has purchased salvation, Oh, may everybody hear of that message from our lips, from our testimony, from our witness. And may all men understand we are unashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. Would others say that of you? I, would others say that of me? Is that a, the message in the life that is known of us today? That despite great unbelief, we believe. Christ can be glorified and do great things even in our day. In these days that we're living in, God has a great work to do. Do you believe that today? Are you involved in that work that has been finished? Are you a witness of, witness of that? This is our prayer here in Windsor, Ontario, and in the Essex region. We are praying and asking God that he would give us a great opportunity to be able to share the gospel, not just here locally in our community, but that all through this region, we would have great opportunity to see souls saved, to see churches planted and started, that the people here that we have the privilege of ministering with would have great faith to, do, uh, to believe that God is still doing a great work in his church, through his church, by his spirit, that the church may work out what he has done in us. And so we would covet your prayers as we enter into this and continue in this, that you would labor for us in prayer. Oh, we would so covet that. 
we would so desire to have those prayers because our hope does not rest in what we do, but what Christ has already done and that our witness of that would be bold. And so thank you again for this opportunity. Thank you, uh, Pastor White, uh, for this opportunity to be able to get to know you a little bit better as a church and to share uh, our hearts and our ministry with you of what God is looking to do in and through his church, even here in Windsor, Ontario, and how we pray. God will continue to strengthen your hands and enable you in your gospel witness where God has placed you. Thank you. God bless. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.